0: Good evening. I'd like to offer you a warm welcome, whether you're here as regular on a Sunday evening or whether you're here for the very first time. And a welcome if you're joining us online and a welcome to John. Thank you for coming up to minister to us this evening. We look forward to you, well, us being blessed under your ministry. Thank you. Just one notice, next Sunday we have fellowship lunch and Jane is hoping to take the the fellowship lunch sheets, which are on the wall down after the service. So if you are hoping to come and you haven't signed up, please can you do that this evening before Jane takes the sheets down. Thank you very much. Psalm 92, which is entitled, A Song for the Sabbath. Verse 1 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to come with our first song, which is come people of the risen King who delight to bring him praise. Come all and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. Let's stand with the music. You can turn with me in your Bibles or on your app or follow on the wall. We're going to read Psalm 92, which is on page 498. Psalm 92, and as I said at the start, this is a song for the Sabbath. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction for ever. But you, O Lord, are on high for ever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn, like that of the wild ox you have poured over me fresh oil my eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies my ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants the righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon they are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of our God they still bear fruit in old age they are ever full of sap and green, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And John, we look forward to you bringing that psalm to us a little bit later. Well, we're going to sing our next hymn, and then John is going to come up and just talk to us very briefly about a school of preachers that he's involved with. I think it's Saturday he goes to Latvia. But he's going to tell us a little bit more about that then. But first we're going to sing, Who, O Lord, could save themselves? And if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Saviour, then look at this as a bit of a challenge. If you are trying to save yourself, look through the words as we sing it. Thank you. We'll stand with the music.
1: to say a little bit about the School of Preachers. I'm flying out, God willing, on Saturday morning for just over eight days there, doing a, uh, a, a weekend for the School of Preachers. We do eight weekends over a two-year period um, covering different areas of preaching, and that will be at the end of um, that, that week, first weekend in March. And then preaching at the International Church um, there in Riga um, on Genesis 3, An opportunity during the week to do some recording. We're trying to record all of those weekend sessions in English. We've had some requests for the training in English from um, parts of Africa and lots of other places who would like to kind of do the course but want want it um, in a language that they can uh, find accessible. So that would be one of the other things doing there. One of the things about being away now is um, with uh, Zoom and and, uh, and mobile phones uh, operating um, in Latvia. Um, I'm able to have meetings in England as well as um, um, ha- have meetings in Latvia. So it's a, it can be a busy time, so value prayer for that. Uh, one of the things that we're, we're trying to get to completion is the, the Latvian translation of my book on preaching called God is in the House, which will be a really useful tool for, for training in the future. We also want to tidy up a Russian version of that, and we're in the process of finishing a, a Ukrainian version of that. Um, it's great to have some opportunities to train preachers in Latvia, but also in Horum, quite, quite nearby here, um, in Portugal, um, in Uganda, in Ukraine. Different opportunities, some remotely, some in person. Uh, I don't know if I, if I mentioned it when I was here last time. I was about to kind of go off on a trip, I think, when I, when I was here last time. Uh, But talking to the lady who's translating uh, the book into Ukrainian, I said that, you know, I'm very keen for for the book to be produced to to encourage Christians and encourage Christian leaders and preachers in Ukraine because I I trust that after the war, um, there will be a a great harvest uh, spiritually in Ukraine because uh, they've been through challenging times and it would be great to see God blessing them. And she said, well, in a sense, we don't need to wait until after the war. Um, already um, the church in Ukraine is, is growing and, and developing and God is working there um, as, as often is the case in difficult and challenging circumstances. So thank you for your interest. Please do pray for me as I fly off next Saturday um, and, and for that time in, in Latvia. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting time to be on the edge of what was the former Soviet Union. Uh, there, there are lots of Ukrainians um, living in in Latvia there were one or two Ukrainian churches there Um, and and you kind of feel something at the pulse of both um, interest in in helping the Ukrainian church but also um, some anxiety about living so close to a hostile neighbour so please be in prayer for Latvia
0: Thank you John Or shall we bow our heads and our hearts and our minds as we come to that great God in prayer? Let's pray. Father God, we ask that as we come to you in prayer now, that you would be with us. We pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit, not only to help John as he brings your word to us, but to help us in our hearts to listen to what you are saying to us. We ask for help to be able to focus on you and to be able to praise and worship you and we pray that what we hear Lord will transform our week would transform our lives would bring us closer to you would make us more like you Lord we ask that as we are in a world Lord that is full of um, competing aims and goals trying to draw our attention trying to fill our time We pray that you would help us to have that focus on you. To help us have that that long game, that long goal of that you are returning one day. Help us to remember that one day when we die, Lord, this world will be no more. The things of the world will be no more. But what you have said in your word will last forever. Lord, what you have shown us is for eternal gain and glory. And Lord we remember that this morning with Luke and the children's talk how bodily exercise does profit, does does help a little but godly exercise profiteth a lot. Lord we know that training our bodies is good for us, it keeps us healthy that exercise is important but Lord spiritual exercise godly exercise lasts forever. And we pray that each of us that know you Lord, that would be something that we take seriously. Lord, that we should be exercising in a way that causes us to grow, that enables the Holy Spirit to work in us so that we grow. That we can turn our back on the things of this world. And Lord, we can pursue righteousness. We can pursue godliness. We can pursue faith. Love. Steadfastness. Steadfastness and gentleness as we're told to in Timothy. May they be the goals of our life. Lord God, that is a challenge. Lord, when we get up in the morning, normally is what do I need to get done today? But we pray that our prayer would be that as we do those things that we have to do, whether we're in a family, whether we're going to work, whether it's within the school, may it done with those six characteristics running through them. Lord God, we we pray that for any who do not know you, we ask that you would be merciful, that you would be gracious to them. In love we pray that you would open blind eyes. Lord, we pray that you would break hard hearts, that you would unstop deaf ears. We pray this very night that the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God would grow as souls are added to it. We plead that souls from here would be added. We plead that souls that we are praying for would come into the kingdom. Lord, we know there's nothing more important in this life that they can do than they be called your children. Lord, Lord, we ask that you would encourage us in our prayers. As we bring these things to you, we pray that we would see fruit as we serve you, whether that's in Thrive, Lord, whether that's in rooted, whether that's on First Tuesdays, Lord, whether that's with First Steps, Lord, whether it's connected on Alderbrook, Lord, whether it's through the prison ministry or whatever ministry we're having, that conversation with a neighbour, that conversation with a work colleague, may they be for your honour and glory. And we ask that we would see fruit from our labours. Lord, we remember those abroad that we love and care for and pray for. We ask that you would be with Rosie in Papua New Guinea. She kind of changes the focus a little bit of where she's serving you. Lord, we pray that you would be with James and Rachel, especially with James as he travels back from Nigeria tonight. We pray that you'd give him safety. We pray that you'd give him rest, Lord, after a hectic period of time. Lord, we pray that the seminars they just had, and the teaching that they've done would bring fruit forward for your name. Lord God, we, we think about what John has just told us about the work in Latvia. We ask that you would bring your blessing upon it. We pray you'd strengthen John in all the different things that he does. Lord, as the work is translated into the different languages, we pray that we would see men equipped to go out and to speak about you and to teach people about you we pray that there would be a hunger and a thirst to know more about you from your word Lord God we we think of the wars in this world we think of the war in Ukraine we think of the war in, in Gaza Lord we ask if it is your will that these would stop that the killing of innocent men and women and children would stop but Lord, we are thankful to hear that there are those in Ukraine who are turning to you, who are looking to you, that you are calling a people to yourself. We pray that you would help them in the difficulty of living in a war zone. We pray that their focus will be... We want to bring before you, Lord, the persecuted church. Lord, we ask that you would be with those who, without questioning their own lives, are seeking to serve you and to tell others about you. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that they would see fruit from their labours. Lord, we pray that they would uh, be comforted and strengthened by you. Lord, for those who are caught, for those who are put in prison, and possibly for, even for those who lose their life. Lord, may you bring peace to them. Lord God, we want to remember our own pastor and Esther, We pray for them as they are away at this moment. We ask that you would be with them, that you would give them a time of refreshing. Lord, may they know your presence with them. And Lord God, we pray that you would bring them back to us refreshed, ready to pick up the mantle again. Lord, we also want to remember those who are waiting for operations. You know each of them. We pray that you would be with them. Give them patience as they wait. We remember those who are in hospital and ask that you would be with them. We pray that you would give those who are looking after them, the doctors and the nurses, Lord, what they need to help them, to aid them, to comfort them in their different difficulties. Lord, we pray for those who have recently had operations. We ask that you would be with them and aid their recovery and that they may come back stronger. Lord God, we, we want to, as we come to your word, again ask that our hearts will be open to receive it, that our hearts would be ready to have their lives changed, that we, Lord, may be cooperating with the Holy Spirit, so that we may come more like you. Bless us then, we pray in your name. Amen or before John comes to us, we're going to sing our third hymn. What are you hoping for? We run Hope Explored at church, and it's, it's a great little course, and people have chance to talk through what are their hopes, what are their fears. But there is one hope that is the certainty. What is your hope built on? And this song tells us, doesn't it? Our hope, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If your hope is not built on Jesus, Perhaps you need to ask yourself, why not? Let's stand when the music starts.
1: Very much again for uh, the invitation to be here. Um, th- this year, um, Anne and I have been helping out, or beginning to help out, at Cookfield Baptist Church. And I know that some of the people here um, have got family connections with um, people who are at Cookfield Baptist Church. Um, and Will, who's the pastor, has been um, off work for, for four months. Um, he's had a post-viral um, condition, and we're glad to hear that he is he's getting better. Um, he, he preached last Sunday the first time in four months and he, he, led, um, he led the, the music at, at church this morning um, so we were anticipating um, being uh, around um, a couple of Sundays a month uh, during the year but um, it so happened that I, I got to preach the first five Sundays um, of the year so that sounds like getting on to two and a half months worth um, in, in one month uh, and we we had to kind of have a, a bit of a plan as to what we might do if, if Will um, perhaps didn't recover um, into January, February. So we thought that we'd have a, a series on the Psalms, from Psalm 90 through to Psalm 106. And we could kind of pause at any point um, during that time. And uh, and one or two other people in the church were drafted in to, to help out um, in, in preaching in that series. And one of those psalms is that the psalm we are looking at this evening, Psalm 92. And I, I'm in the zone of psalms. Um, I'm also going to be doing something on the psalms in Latvia, although not on these particular psalms, uh, helping people to preach pastorally from the psalms. Because uh, I think like when I was here last time I preached on Psalm 13 and reminded you that, um, of that statement that all the scripture speaks... To us, but the Psalms speak for us. They give us words that we can use to speak to God, and they give us words that allow us to speak to God in all the range of our different experiences. They can uh, express the, the very deepest joy, and they can plumb the depths of the deepest sorrow. Um, often, you know, contemporary music um, uh, doesn't quite manage that. Um, it's much better at the, at the shiny happy song rather than the, the sad song. Um, it's good to know that we have in the, in the book of Psalms um, a group of songs and prayers that, that speak to every moment and speak to every situation. Now, this particular Psalm, Psalm 92, um, is um, the, the only Psalm that is assigned to one particular day. Um, there, there are a few that are assigned to different occasions but this is a sign to one day. Um, It is a song, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. And it's uh, interesting in the psalm that that the psalm has the the word Lord seven times, kind of the perfect number and the perfect rendition uh, of of that number, seven times in this short psalm. And you kind of remember that when God created, he created um, in those six periods, so six days, and after each of them, uh, he says, good, Um, and after the the sixth day, he says, very good, the things that he has made, he looks at the things that he has made, and it's very good. And then, uh, finally, the seventh day, we're told that the Lord God rests from his work. And that idea of good and seven. And the Creator and rest all kind of mingle together as we kind of think about this particular psalm. What's particularly striking about the Sabbath day is that obviously you read about it in Genesis two as as God rests on the seventh day, and then when one of the ten words, one of the ten commandments in Exodus twenty, we're told to remember the Sabbath day. The reason that is given in Exodus twenty. Uh, Remember, because God created, and he rested. And then Moses, later on, he he brings those ten words again to the people in the book of Deuteronomy, and in Deuteronomy 5, the commandment, fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day, but this time the reason is given because you've been delivered out of Egypt and then we come to the New Testament and we find that there is a huge revolution Jesus comes as the Lord of the Sabbath and he speaks about the the essential quality of the Sabbath day not as a restricted command but as an invitation into, into the very rest and freedom and blessing of God not something that is bound around by restrictions something that is a way to freedom. Of course in the, in the New Testament that the early church began to meet and celebrate their faith on the first day on a Sunday, they called it the Lord's Day. We read of John, the, uh, John in the book of Revelation, uh, in Revelation chapter 1 that John was in, in the spirit on the Lord's Day and of course They met on a Sunday, the Lord's Day, because they were looking back to a a fresh and new event. In Exodus, they were looking back to the fact that they had been created. In Deuteronomy, they were looking back to the fact that they had been delivered from Egypt. That was the big event that, uh, that they were looking back to. But for Christians, we look back to the event of Jesus being raised from the dead. We look back to... Uh, the Sunday of Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the Lord's Day we come and we gather in the Spirit because we are children of the risen King as we sang at the beginning of the service so here we have a psalm for the Sabbath day a psalm to remind us of what we engage in as we worship and we're told that there is something very good. Now, the verses that I have up are from are from the New International Version. I've not adjusted them to your version. They're not so very different, I hope. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. The Psalms narrate God's great work of creation and Salvation. God's great work of making the world and his great work of delivering people um, by his grace. Uh, grace and truth. Love and righteousness. The Psalms invite us to pause for a while and to reflect on what is good to do with this day. Kind of reflected on that idea of of love in the morning and faithfulness or truth at night. You know, you wake up in the morning and one of the things you need to be reminded of, like the writer of Lamentations writes in Lamentations 3, you need to be reminded that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We need to be reminded as we wake up in the morning that we are loved, You can face any day if you know that you are loved. Recently I was talking to a a man who has written a book called On Getting Up in the Morning. The great title, On Getting Up in the Morning. He's a man who has experienced severe depression, uh, has struggled with his identity as someone loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that one of the greatest achievements that human beings can have in their lives is to get up in the morning. Now, you might think, well, that's, that's easy. I kind of do that every day and I do that very easily. But some people don't. But when you know that you are loved, it is possible to get up in the morning. And then you go through your day and you do the stuff that you do during your day and at the end of the day you rejoice in faithfulness. You rejoice in the fact that love that has been promised has been fulfilled. You see the various ways in which, in the twists and turns of life, love has met you on the way. Someone has said that praise is the, is the attempt to... And respond to the overwhelming love of God. That praise is the, over, is, is the response uh, to the overwhelming experience of God's love. So the psalmist says to us, "It's it's good, it's good to to praise this God, who loves you and is faithful to you. It is good. It's good to fix your attention upon Him." Now, someone has described worship as a waste of time. But that's not all they've said about it. They've said that worship is a glorious waste of time. There's a sense in which there's no kind of utilitarian function in singing and worship. It's got no cash value. Yet there is something grounding, isn't there? about coming and singing the praises of God and reminding ourselves, reminding ourselves and each other that this is our God. You know, sometimes we can come into the church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening and we're out of sorts. We're not feeling so connected to our Saviour. We're not full of vim, vigour and vitality. We're not ready to join the thousand voices and sing our great Redeemer's praise. But suddenly we kind of see, you know, someone on, on the other side of the church who we know have, has travelled the Christian road for a long period of time and they're praising. We see someone else on the other side of the church and we know the kind of week that they've had. We see someone who's been recently converted, gloriously converted, and we look around and we, we join the song of praise to the love and faithfulness of God. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to his name. It's here um, in, in this psalm that we're reminded of the soundtrack of those who are believers, the soundtrack of those who um, love the Lord Jesus Christ. You see as you as you kind of ponder the Psalms and as you sing the Psalms, you you are orientating yourself a whole new world, a whole new perspective, it's kind of making you think about the world in a different way we, we can listen to thousands of soundtracks you know there's, there are lots of radio stations on the radio on the internet, hundreds thousands, you can listen to numerous soundtracks every day and we do we we listen to our favourite singers, our favourite composers, and their words, their ideas, their values kind of begin to uh, filter into our minds and hearts. The psalmist is saying, my soundtrack is God speaking to me. My soundtrack is God's word. And here I have God's word in the psalms. So we're drawn into this fresh new world. We begin to see the world and begin to see God in a different way and that's a good thing we we go through the week and we find that we can begin to forget we find that the, the voice of God can become a little fainter and we come and we, we join together on a Sunday and we praise and we pray and we hear And we find that the the dinner switch is not turned down, it's turned up. And we have a, a lively, fresh awareness of God's love and faithfulness to us. This is our soundtrack. And this is the basis of our joy in God. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. We come and we We sing of the one who has created all things and has created us. We sing of God's providence, his daily care for us. We we sing in wonder at his attention to us, that every hair on our head is numbered. We sing in wonder at his saving work, that he rescued us, the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Someone have said that it's intelligent observation that gives us the raw materials of praise. As we look around at our world, as we look around at God's dealings with us and others, as we look and think about the work of Jesus for us upon the cross and in the resurrection, we have fresh reasons to praise God every day. We can wake up and think, well, you know, what have I got to be glad about? Almost like the variation of that question, what do the Romans ever do for us? What have I got to be glad about? And then we begin to think about the thousands of things that God has done in our lives for which we can be glad and rejoice. It's good to sing. One of the things I miss um, sometimes when I go to Latvia is is the singing. Now, the singing is good there, but it's kind of in another language. It's difficult to kind of really get your, your mind into it. I've learnt to sing in Latvian, although I don't understand all the words. It's a bit phonetic. I, I, I know some of the words. So, it's great to come back and to join uh, with, with people who are singing um, Praise to God in English. And I used to love coming back to the church that we worshipped at in Lansing, in order to to sing. It's a wonderful thing to sing. There are groups of people that sing. It's been interesting that in the last decade or so, um, singing in choirs has become a particularly popular thing. Uh, Some people, they view it as a very therapeutic thing to, to sing, and to sing with others. And it can be. I don't know if you've done that. During During COVID, people found uh, great help in in joining choirs online, Zoom choirs, singing together. Because something happens when you sing. One writer said this, the singing, especially in harmony, does something physical. It fills the head as though it were a chamber, a cathedral. It causes sympathetic vibrations in the veins and arteries that stretch across the stringed instruments of the body it resonates in the body. There's something about singing, something that engages the, the whole of the body. We, we sing and our, our, our chest fills, our, our mouth is filled, our, our body is moved because we're engaging with God. Singing does something astonishing for us. You can think of Paul and Silas when they were imprisoned in Philippi, in Acts chapter 16, um, in those dark and difficult circumstances of a prison cell, we read that they were singing praises to God. Now, it was more than just kind of whistling in the dark. It was engaging with a God who can minister to us in the dark. Of course, if you know the story of Paul and Silas in Philippi, You know that the God that they sang praises to in the prison cell was one who was going to do great things in that place with the prison guard and his family and the fellow prisoners. It is good to sing praises to God. It is good. It's good because of who God is, how great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. These words are quoted in Revelation 15 in what's called the the Song of Moses and the Lamb. It's a, a tiny chapter in Revelation, chapter 15. And the song spans the whole of the redemption story. The Song of Moses and the Lamb, celebrating the uniqueness of God, His great works and his great holiness God deserves our attention God deserves our worship he is great and our response to him ought to be eager and and willing and enthusiastic when we think of God there there are depths to be pondered forever You know, some people say, well, you know, I don't know whether I want to kind of go to heaven. Um, Heaven, as it's been depicted to me, sounds really rather boring. As though somehow it's just a very, very long church service. But it's encountering God who is infinite in possibilities, infinite in wonder. Now we have a, a tiny grasp of what he's like, then we'll have a grasp of what he's like, which is unlimited. An unlimited version of God. Unlimited version of this God has revealed himself to us, and unlimited reason to praise. But not everyone in our world thinks like this, or feels like this. There are other soundtracks. There is the God soundtrack, the soundtrack of the Psalms. There is the fool's soundtrack too. For you may be glad by your deeds, how great are your works. There in verse six. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evil those flourish, they will be destroyed forever so the contrast to the, the wise person who recognises that it's good to give attention to God is the fool who feels it's okay to ignore God earlier in the psalm psalm 14 it says it's the fool, he says in his heart there is no God they sing another song They sing a song to their their own power, their own ingenuity. And they think, because sometimes it appears that way, that life is just going fine for them. It's okay to live without God. You know, nothing disastrous seems to be happening. I seem to be doing as well as everybody else. You know, I'm growing. I'm growing in my life. I'm growing in my business. My family is growing. Everything seems to be Okay. The wicked sprout and flourish. And this is, of course, the problem that um, the psalmist has to encounter throughout the book of Psalms. Like in Psalm 73, I see the wicked flourish and it troubles me. What's the point of being a believer? What's the point of serving this God? Though the wicked flourish, says the psalmist, they will be destroyed. They're like grass that rises and then is cut and withers. The superficial um, response to human life without God is that it can be okay. It um, doesn't really matter how you live. It doesn't really matter what you do. Crime, it seems, sometimes can pay. No one is going to notice if your life goes all skewed What's the point of living in reference to God? An ancient Christian, Augustine, in the 5th century, said, do not be impressed by those who are happy for a time, but will be miserable for eternity. Sometimes people's conclusions are far too short term. Everything seems to be going on okay, but they see simply a brief period of time. They don't think in the light of eternity. Life is short, isn't it? Eternity is long. It might seem okay to live without God in time, but what about being miserable for eternity? Though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers the flourish; they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are ever exalted or lifted up. And there, in verse 10, you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. The reminder here of who is central: God is central. Human beings lift themselves up. Human beings draw attention to themselves, but God alone is exalted. And this God who is lifted up has lifted us up. We lift God up in worship because God has lifted up us in rescue. You are exalted, O Lord. That's what we do when we praise. We lift up the living God. For your enemies for your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish, all evil those we scattered. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. God, God will overcome the wicked, the psalmist says. Do you think about what you pray for when you pray the Lord's Prayer? When you pray those words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that that God will be honoured, we pray that God will rule, but we pray also for the overthrow of all that is evil. We pray for the overcoming of, of all that is offensive to God and all that stands against God. The Lord reigns, the Lord is king, and all those who stand against him will fall and fail. By contrast, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. The righteous take deep roots. They have deep roots that grow into the soil and and, and derive nourishment from the soil the righteous trust God the wicked trust themselves and the righteous grow the, the wicked are described as just grass that will be burned up the righteous are like a, a tree a luxuriant tree that is ever fruitful proverbially stately like a, like a palm tree growing stately and high and fruitful and then to change the image planted in the house of the Lord they shall flourish in the courts of our God, to change the image they become like cedars of Lebanon cedars that can last for 3,000 years and still uh, be, be fruitful, still bear seed pods that are productive like a palm tree like a cedar of Lebanon flourishing unfading in their, in their beauty. We have an inheritance, Peter says in his first letter, that is unfading, that will never perish. We, we flourish if we are God's people, like a tree growing, like a tree that is ever fruitful. One writer um, says that this greenness It's not the greenness of perpetual youth but the freshness of age without sterility like Moses whose eyes were not dim nor his natural force abated whose wisdom was mature and his memory was invaluably rich. They will bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. I remember someone reading that verse on a Sunday morning when I was around about 17 and thinking that that was an interesting verse but a verse that didn't immediately speak to me and I suppose you know that's how we might feel maybe the younger people here might feel um, that's the case that this is simply a verse for old guys and old girls but you know if you're going to start something in life it's good to know that it will last, that it will get better rather than worse. Now I think it's true with a lot of activities, a lot of interests and hobbies, some careers, some possessions, that they can be shiny and attractive and satisfying at the beginning, but after a while they become forgotten. It's kind of interesting isn't it when you kind of go to the recycling uh, yard to take things that rubbish in your home, and you kind of look, you look at what people are throwing away and you kind of think, my, my actually I, I, I think I might like that myself because people can soon tire of what was yesterday's must have God produces life in his people, which gets better it's kind of interesting you know, um, I don't know how old who the oldest person is here I guess maybe there are certainly some people in their 50s there are some people here in their 60s, there might be some people here in their 70s there may be some people, maybe who are older than 70 maybe in their 80s the love that God planted in our lives in my life when I was 16 is still bearing fruit It's wonderful to know, isn't it, that God's grace is not ageist. That the experience of of God is not ageist. That you can continue to bear fruit, even into old age. I'm a football fan, and they say about footballers, that if you're young enough, or rather if you're good enough, you are old enough. That's what they say about young footballers. If you are good enough, you are old enough. And I think it's probably true to say about believers who are kind of older than 17, however older than 17 you are, that if you are, if you are godly enough, you are young enough to be used by God. It is wonderful to know that we can continue to bear fruit, even into old age. Proclaiming, proclaiming the Lord, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in Him. That's what the Psalm does, that's what Psalm 92 does. It proclaims the Lord. It is good to sing His praises. It is good to announce who he is. It's good to ponder who he is and to reflect that back in praise, proclaiming that the Lord is upright, my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. It's good to praise God because God is good. I guess probably James, coming back from Nigeria, maybe has had the experience of of saying God is good, and in in Africa, people will all respond all of the time. God is good all of the time. God's goodness is unmixed. It's everlastingly good. God is good all of the time. There's a story about a tree cutter who goes to cut down trees in the forest every tree in the forest to be cut down he goes to uh, a tree and he sees a mother bird um, at the top of the tree and with his axe he taps the side of the tree and the mother bird moves from that tree to another tree and that tree the woodman comes to that, that tree Uh, that's got to be cut down too and he taps the tree and the mother bird moves to another tree and then eventually the woodman comes to that tree and he taps on that tree too and the mother bird flies away from that tree and this time flies to a rock every tree in the universe is coming down and therefore we need to move to higher ground, we need to move to solid rock and that's what the biblical believer, that's what the Christian believer has done we have moved to the solid rock we're no longer in the tree that's going to be cut down we're standing on the rock this God, this is the God that it's good to praise it is good to trust with, with our lives our young life and our whole life because he's good to us he can make us fruitful throughout our lives Jesus came that we might have life and have it in abundance because he's the living one and he wants us to live let's pray together It is good, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Give me a quickness of mind to see your hand in all things, O God, your gracious acts in creation, and your steady purposes in redemption. I do not want to be among those who grope in the dark, but with those who walk in the light. I will greet morning as a rising of the light of your love upon me. I will kneel at evening and receive your benediction. In between, I will use every tune I know to carry a song of praise to you. Help me to praise you not as a grudging act of courtesy but as an exuberant explosion of light help me to approach you with a songburst of a joyful trust in Jesus name help us to trust you to live and to be fruitful from 7 to 70 9 to 99 we thank you that you are our security our source our life giver our cornerstone thank you in Jesus name Amen Amen let's stand and sing um, about this story I will sing the wondrous story